The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Seven after 11 o'clock, welcome to the third and final hour of the show. Uh, this hour, we're going to be focusing on NASFAS and some of the issues that have been affecting students. Um, this is uh, These are, of course, students who would have been approved by NASFAS for, for, for funding, but we understand have since been uh, taken off the funding scheme and are now questioning the processes behind it. Slumezi Skosana is the spokesperson uh, for NASFAS and joins us now. Uh, Good morning, Slumezi, and thank you so much for your time today. Uh, Good morning and greetings uh, to your listeners. Firstly, we're starting to see protests at uh, some institutions of, of higher learning. And it's mostly students that are funded by NASFAS who are contesting the reasons behind why they have been taken off the funding scheme. Tell us what has happened from your perspective and and what you understand the issues to be about. Um, You would remember there was a time when uh, SIU presented uh, preliminary findings that approximately 5 billion uh, rand uh, between 2019 and uh, 2022 was erroneously funding uh, people that were not deserving or students that were not deserving. Um, We took um, serious uh, account of that, you know, as we continued to uh, stabilize and strengthen our verification and authentication processes. So um, the system runs um, the checks on what information have uh, beneficiaries submitted and um, uh, the impact of that on the decisions taken. So what I'm saying in simple terms is that we cross-reference the information that we now receive you know, from the beneficiaries and this is a, a continuous uh, a process each and every year. And if at any particular point we find that um, the information is not consistent with the eligibility uh, criteria in terms of um, uh, financial affordability as well as in terms of academic um, eligibility, then the system will have to um, uh, 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 defund the beneficiary. What do you cross-reference against? Normally, there are there, there, there are entities or rather third-party sources that we cross-reference the information with. Uh, that would be information that we get from SARS, information that we get from uh, Home Affairs, uh, information that we get um, from SASA, as well as um, very credit. The reason for our doing so, we discovered that some people, in trying to access the funding, uh, whose major pillar or uh, is the threshold of 350,000 people would uh, or applicants would misrepresent, you know, the information to say that they actually earn less than that when in fact they earn more than that. And because that is a set and approved uh, criteria, 
we have to comply uh, with it that if you earn more than 350,000 as a parent of the Fed dependent, then the, 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 the dependent does not qualify for an NSFAS uh, fund. So I just want to go back to this cross-referencing. When you have students, which is really the case we're dealing with now, that you have approved for funding, um, you've said that you qualify, you then later go and cross-reference and uh, you have reason to believe that perhaps the student no longer qualifies to be part of the scheme. Do you go back to the student and say, we are defunding you because we either have information from SARS, from Home Affairs, from SASA, that um, you know you 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 don't meet the criteria, and give them an opportunity to to make representations. On an individual uh, basis, yes, um, we do we, we we do that. We do advice. Um, and students or beneficiaries that have been on the system, for example, your, your question has got uh, uh, many different facets to it. If, for example, if for example you applied um, for NSF funding and you've been funded, let's say the last uh, two years, uh, it is not a given that in the last three years your your situation would not have changed. Uh, maybe if at the time of applying your uh, parent was not working or was unemployed and in your third fourth year the system picks up that you actually have a changed uh, situation you cannot be regarded as indigent the system is going to pick that um, up but uh, direct to your question of whether we advise people of such yes we do as it is uh, the case uh, now but then why would so many people, Slumezi, be surprised about why it is that their funding has been withdrawn? And you have students that say that they have not been given reasons for why their funding has been withdrawn. Yeah, it would not be well um, if they make communication um, with Anasfas, um, they would uh, find such answers. But the trend that we have picked up, which is... Uh, a little worrying as well, which I think we will get to in a moment, is that uh, once a person experiences a problem, they go to the social media to find answers, and then the social media will go haywire with the information to a point where there is uh, no um, productive uh, conversation between the affected parties. Yes, but Slumezi, if you are funding a student and you are cutting that student off, their expectation is that they will still be getting the amount provided for, whether by way of, of stipends to cover their living costs, etc. They are expecting that money at the end of the month. The reason why they go to social media is to try and see who else is affected by the problem and whether they're the only ones experiencing it. If NASFAS was doing what you are saying it does, there would be no need for them to go into social media to try and find answers. So if there was an email or a message that had informed these clients and these recipients to say, don't expect this at the end of the month because we are ending it and these are the reasons, they wouldn't have to find answers elsewhere. 
Well, um, uh, that has not been uh, very fruitful. I will, I, I will tell you that, as they know uh, sometimes where they should go for the correct uh, information, uh, you know, people would still deviate and, uh, you know, want to get information, uh, you know, from the social media. Let me give you just a, a, an example of what I'm, I'm trying to illustrate. We had uh, students marching on uh, NFS um, some months ago, and they were singing outside and, uh, of course, putting uh, their uh, uh, demands forward. And then we said, just as a test case, um, can you give us uh, 10 students that are in your group toying outside, um, you know, their ideas so that we can just check what the real situation is. We found that um, in that uh, 10, um, I mean, in the, in, the, in, the, in the 10 students that were given, whose names were given to us, those that were toying outside were not, had not succeeded or complied with the progression rule. Uh, in the sense that one of them, as an example, had uh, passed only one out of uh, almost 10 modules. And therefore, in terms of the progression rule, that person, even though at the beginning of, uh, let's say, the academic year, uh, the previous academic year, may have been eligible and may have been funded by NFS, the funding would then be suspended because the progression rule has not been complied with. All right. So there are many variables, you know. Yes, to, but 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 the uh, point is the, the the point is that you are not doing a good job of also informing these learners, uh, or rather the, these students when they're being cut off. You may say so from uh, your standpoint, but like the whole defunding as well as the direct payment um, uh, issue. If you look at the trail of um, how much we have uh, communicated or how we have communicated, you would have agreed with me that uh, there was sufficient uh, look, communication. Uh, like uh, on the is, so, 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 so the reason why I'm also raising this issue is because yes. how we first got to know about it is, is because of, of parents. Of, of some of these very students. Um, yeah. And they were struggling to get answers from administrators. Um, yeah. You know, we had one parent whose uh, child goes to a, a university in the Northwest and, yeah. and, and, and they had picked up this problem. And they came yeah. on radio because they weren't getting answers from NASVAS and they weren't getting answers from the university administrators. Yes. It's a, it's a, it's indeed a, a sad case if that um, you know happens, and we would wish that it doesn't uh, happen that way, because from our side, for example, before the introduction of a particular service or product as NSFAS, we would communicate it uh, sufficiently with the uh, the key stakeholders, by which I'm referring to a circular that would be sent. Uh, to um, the institutions, their financial aid officers, um, the SRCs, and so on, at the press of, the, of a button. But how the information then cascades uh, to the students, sometimes it can be a little confusing, because in addition to this official uh, communication with the institution via a secular, we then send SMSs. But what we have also picked up is that Sometimes um, students would register with NSFAS using one cell phone number 
and then operate another cell phone number so that um, there would be a, a possibility of a cohort not receiving um, an individualized right. or a direct okay. uh, SMS. Slumezi, I think we can agree that, that that's something that NASFAS, that as NASFAS you need to be, to do better on. I'm going to we, take we, callers we on this issue. And we can. Martin, you're on the road. Good morning, Martin. Thanks, Kathy. There's Martin here. I'm falling from Kuga National Park. Hi, I have a son. I have a son whom was funded by NASFAS. I, it was uh, the early stage, and then it was withdrawn. Then, uh, uh, when he had to register, I was told uh, there's no funding. I had to pay registration, pay NSFAS. The worst part is, is the Department of Education or government outsourcing this function to a body that is operated by robots. You can't reach them on the phone. They say you must use uh, the Twitter or, or whatever uh, sort of things. They must be accessible. And when the kids apply, they use the reference of us, our parents, uh, uh, their parents, and we submit our pay slips. And then uh, our influence, we are not even communicated to as parents so that we know the fate of our children. And remember that we send them far away. It was some coming from Alambel, my son was in KZN, and he's finding himself in that dilemma. He's far away from his parent, and uh, uh, the communication uh, for those things is worrisome. But my deep concern is how can the government, I wish uh, Dr. Blade Zimande was there, how can the government uh, put the 350 benchmark for 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 NSWAS, whereas that 350,000, it is not a net of the employee, is the total money that that person gets before SARS takes money, before patent is taken out, before before any deduction. So. You find that person will not be able to to even cater for the payment of the studies of their kids because they are earning around fifty thousand in one round. Yeah, yeah. And it's um, what I want to understand as to how yeah. they arrive. My All tax right. per month is six thousand, if not yeah. eight thousand a month, and my net is below the two hundred and fifty we are talking about. Because I think they can speak of a basic salary. And then uh, see this one because it's worrisome that uh, uh, people who are paying tax we end up not educating our kids and they end up being sacked on the street because of the system that has been put All by right, the Martin. Department of Education. So I need them uh, to to account as to why if there's a challenge, don't they communicate the challenges that are there with All right, the parents Martin. of the kids? All right, let, let's leave it there. Yeah. I'm going to ask our callers, try and keep it short and to the point uh, because okay. we don't have a great deal of time for this uh, conversation. Slumezi, and it, it's, yes. it goes back to the question of, of the missing middle, right? The, the huge yes. chunk yes, of, of, of students that we have in the missing middle. Right. Um, uh, Martin, I, I, I am very uh, sympathetic um, to the uh, question that you have just put forward. 
um, because I am privy to the fees that um, universities and TVET colleges, you know, charge. And obviously, as a policy of government, the threshold is 350,000. And there are others that have been saying that it should be uh, pushed up. But because it's a policy matter, those are the things that we pick, you know, as we continue to implement government policy and on an annual basis uh, make recommendations that they be looked into. But uh, currently, that is the uh, uh, threshold from a policy point of view. But there is no disputing the fact that anybody earning um, 350 will find it very difficult, you know, to uh, pay for his or her child's university education. Because even if you were to pay for one child this year, 150,000 the first year, the second year you will struggle. And it will even be worse if you've got uh, two children that um, would be at a, a tertiary institution at the same time. So yes, it is what the government is looking into currently through what is called uh, the sustainable and um, uh, comprehensive uh, funding, uh, uh, the student fund, tertiary uh, education student funding. All right. And that, that is currently out there being discussed. But as of now, as we speak, the threshold is 350, and therefore you must earn less than 350 to be able to qualify uh, for funding from NSFAS. Max, you're calling from Gabeha. Good morning. Morning, Max. Um, I think he partially answered my question. My question is simple. Uh, I was qualifying two years from the past two years, and then my child was accredited again this year. Now he is being chopped out recently. She she received a message last week simply because I'm above the 350 by 12,000, which is very much fair. Now the question is, how long or how is it, why is it that they are not reviewing that threshold every year. Because I'm, a, I'm the only one working and I'm working for government. So you can see that I've, the review of the threshold that ran I don't know if it's happening regularly because I can tell you, yes, I'm earning 12,000 more than that, but I'm not going to afford it at all. And then what is helpful is that my son is doing very good at school. Thank you. Um, thank you very much. Um, I think I I agree uh, with you wholeheartedly that maybe the review of the threshold should happen, uh, you know, uh, with uh, more regularity, uh, unlike uh, the the way it's happening now. But because it's a policy uh, matter, uh, as NSFAS, we can only make these representations to uh, the mother department, and then they will have to take it up at policy level as to um, what the next course of action should be. But um, your, 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 your reasons and your worry um, are valid in the sense that we know post-COVID, you know, post all these things that are happening in the world, prices have gone up and it's very difficult to afford uh, many of the things that we used to afford before. So all there right. is a need for the review of, um, of the threshold. Sandy Lane, Peter Maritzburg, good morning. I'm well, Sandile. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, no. Uh, I've been hearing on, on radio this uh, new system that NSS has introduced. And I'm just wondering uh, how 
efficient is it for people who are visually disabled or, or disabled in particular? Uh, you know, this new, I don't know if it's called service providers that they have introduced to pay out the funds because I heard of something like you have to apply for it and then the money gets paid into your account. So I'm just concerned because uh, these systems overlook and ever sh- overshadow visually impaired people. Thank you. Yeah, in, resp- in response to that, yes, we have a special uh, way in which we deal with uh, um, disabled uh, applicants. For example, as a starting point, I may just um, uh, not be sp- very, very spot on with the figure, but there's a threshold of uh, 650,000, um, you know, that um, we would we, that, that we put up there as a threshold for disabled people. And there's, there, there, we've got special packages uh, in terms of allowances for disabled people who may need assistive uh, learning equipment and so on. So they are not out of the net um, in terms of, you know, onboarding. When these uh, direct payment uh, partners come on board, they are private to who is disabled and may need uh, specific assistance in terms of, um, uh, you know, coming on board uh, the new system. So that is uh, uh, taken care of, um, uh, sir. I've got a question here from Ntlantla in Danhauser who's asking, about his son who's been declined twice by Nesfas. The reason is that there's income in his account, but that income is the 350 that he gets from the state as a grant. And while Ndlanta is employed, he earns less than 200,000 per annum. I am surprised that would be the case. And uh, I would have appreciated maybe offline to uh, get... Uh, some more information as to why, because I, right now, without being judgmental, I, I'm just thinking that something must have gone wrong, maybe in the way um, the application was filed, because we've had cases where uh, applicants um, open, uh, I mean, create a problem and then think that they have applied, instead of actually applying or apply and then forget to push meet button. You know, because if um, the parent says he gets um, 350, which would be a SASA sort of um, a case, um, we, we we give funding automatically. We actually don't even. Uh, I, th- go I think he's saying that his son is the one that gets the 350. And and or not him as a parent. No, the son gets the 350. He earns a salary, but it's around 200k per annum. No, in, in that case, um, they qualify almost automatically. Okay. Uh, in that case, I would, uh, I would, uh, I'm trying, I'm, I'm battling to see where the, 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 the holdup could be. But by just listening to what um, you, what they are saying, they, they qualify. If he qualifies for the 350, and is a SASA beneficiary already. Um, he should automatically be a an NSFAS um, beneficiary by virtue of the verification and authentication systems that, that we use. Our information right. would 
would have picked that up. All right, Slumezi, we're going to continue with this conversation briefly after the latest news headlines. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation on the talking point. We've been speaking to NASFAS around some of the defunding of students that has taken place and what's really behind this latest move. Slumezi Skosana is the spokesperson of NASFAS and he's been on the line. So just a couple of more minutes that we'll have him for. Let me go to Anonymous in Gabeha. Good morning. Just a quick one. Um. I'm a student accommodation service provider. I've been uh, for for some years now, and normally uh, the university have their off-campus accommodation, right, where you liaise with them as as a student accommodation um, provider. Now, NASFAS has taken that away from the university, and NASFAS paying um, the off-campus uh, uh, university is always an issue. NASFAS payment is, is always, there's always an issue. So now that it's taking it away from the university, you're going to have to do directly with NASFAS. So, so, so how is that going to affect the students that occupy these residences? If, if, my, if you can ask the gentleman there for me. Please. All right. All right, Anonymous. Thanks for uh, that question. Rodney uh, in, Burgessford, in Burgessford, good morning. Good morning, Ostrati. How are you? Well, thanks. Go for it, Rodney. Yes. Thank you. Um, I, I just want to differ with, with your guest today when he says um, the, 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 the lines are open and they get responded to, and also that the students have been informed when they are deregistered. I've got a son who is uh, with the uh, VUT. We, we, just, we were just surprised to see ourselves not, not, not getting anything from, uh, from March um, up until now when they introduced the ISAGA uh, uh, um, uh, process. And uh, we tried to, 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 to send emails. When you call, they, they, the call just goes unanswered. The emails, even now, we have that proof of email. There is no response to that. And then when they when we check with the university, they say just check on your on your status. The status says um, upload documents. We don't know which document because we've been funded for from from January, but all of a sudden it has been changed. And now our worry is that uh, um, we're getting letters from university about the accommodation and about the we pay we must pay the the fifty percent fees now. So um, there is. A really, really, totally lack of uh, communication from that department, and and uh, there is nothing that is happening. So we just want to know um, what what is the criteria? What are they using? Why uh, why can't they say before they can even deregister you, so that you they are they they make you aware that next month you won't be you won't be funded because of one two three if there are some documents that are, are, are lacking behind, so that we supply with them. So our status has not been changed. So we just want to know from there. But to say they are really responding, it is not the truth. Thanks for that, Rodney. Slumezi? Uh, let's deal uh, with the first one, uh, Kathy, on um, accommodation, uh, student accommodation. Yes, um, the gentleman is correct uh, that we have taken over uh, uh, accommodation in the sense that we would like to uh, contract you know, directly with the accommodation service provider for an NSFAS uh, beneficiary. 
and there are dependencies uh, there. The accommodation establishment must be accredited, accredited by um, NSF, and then NSF will contract directly with the landlord once the student has been placed there. So if you want to understand it better is that if the university offers a tuition, NSF will pay uh, the university directly for what if there's an accommodation establishment that is offering student accommodation, NSFAS will pay uh, the accommodation establishment directly. And if the student uh, must then receive a living allowance or all types of allowances, uh, it is um, uh, the responsibility of uh, NSFAS to um, disperse that allowance directly you know, to the, to, to the student. So there is no fear that if you're operating privately, you won't be uh, paid uh, because previously you were paid by the university. It is exactly that which has led us to uh, take this uh, student-centric uh, model to say that in the past there were, there were, there were cases where a student would be accommodated uh, in uh, less than, I don't know how to describe, um, accommod- well, in, in, in accommodation areas that do not comply with the gazetted uh, uh, standards. And uh, the university will continue to pay for that student when the student, uh, you know, complains he's got nowhere to run to. So now the system that we're coming up with is a system of accountability so that if the student is uncomfortable in that private accommodation, the landlord can be engaged uh, immediately. All right. And yeah, that's that's on the accommodation side. So so here's the difficulty I have. Um, We're we're completely out of time for this conversation and we have to move on to our next guest. But we have so many responses and questions for you uh, coming through um, on, on the line. I'm going to ask that you please make yourself available later on in the week where we can have you for a full hour, even if it's on Friday, so that we are able to have this conversation again um, because I'm just not going to be able uh, to get to the the, the number of, of, of questions that people have for you. Okay, I'd really love to have that and also advise on how best, you know, to get in touch with us because... Uh, there's always an avalanche of, um, you know, callers. We receive about 9,000 calls a day. <laughs> well, I'll give you... Let, let's have a conversation and then uh, we will um, all right. uh, really attempt to sort things out. All right. Apologies to all of our listeners um, whose questions have not been answered in this particular session. Um, Slumezi will come back um, because we still have so many other uh, questions that you've sent through. What we'll do is that we'll note um, the questions that you've sent through for today and we'll make sure that they're part of those that he deals with when he comes back.